0: This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. And great to be joined once again by Brandon Copeland, NFL linebacker, who is also the host of the Money Music Culture podcast on Sirius XM's app and also part of a new TV series on Netflix called Buy My House. Brandon, great to talk to you again. Hope uh, all is going well. Obviously it is if you guys are doing, you're doing TV these days. <laughs>
1: Hey, I'm I'm trying to trying to keep you know flexing that creative gene so to speak, and trying to keep getting myself out there. But no, Dad, I appreciate you having me on. How are you doing, first and foremost?
0: I I'm doing very well, and obviously this is you know this is a unique time economically in this country that we're all trying to get through. Uh, you talk yeah. a lot about financial literacy on your podcast, but how much does what we're seeing play out in the economy have to, I guess, to a degree, filter into? kind of your mindset on talking about a lot of these topics right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you know, people are looking for, well, what can I do to still achieve the goals that I want? Right. And, and so there's obviously in this day and age, there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of, uh, like you said, in, in the economy, there's a lot of negative things going on, and there's a lot to not be excited about. And, and so ultimately what we're trying to do with money music culture is just give people a a way to create the lives that they want through their money and through their finances because you know for me as an nfl player as a a person in general my dreams that i have for myself unfortunately cannot be stopped because of the economy or what's going on in in things that i have no control over and and so i want to make sure that what we do on our podcast is empower people to understand what they can actually do with their money give them tangible steps and guides to understanding their credit better understanding the way that they can purchase a home, um, and, and lower their down payment, understanding the real tangible ways that they can actually as individuals put their money to work for them. Um, so that we can, even in this economy can continue to take steps towards that, that dream life that we've always um, envisioned for ourselves.
0: And, and I noticed that you've been bringing on some of your NFL brethren onto the podcast to talk about, uh, about their stories. And, and this becomes an important topic and I, I've, I've run into this a couple of times, Uh, the issue of athletes being prepared to deal with that that influx of wealth uh, when they're coming Mm -hmm. out of college, uh, that it has been an issue over time for years. I know it's something that's very close to your heart in terms of trying to make sure that athletes are prepared in dealing with the wealth that they that they uh, that they find quickly.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lesson that none of us get in our school systems. We don't talk about budgeting. We don't talk about credit. We don't talk about how you buy a house. We don't talk about learning how to say no. And, and unfortunately, you know, for us as athletes, uh, we come into a lot of money and potential generational wealth, potential um, quickly with no understanding and no education behind it. And so, for me, I've seen, unfortunately, seen too many of my friends uh, go down that path of of living the dream and being on, you know, the the, the height of the roller coaster ride and then just having that quick downhill, you know, fall uh, post-football career and when those checks stop. And so, one, we want to combat it uh, for people's mental wellness, but it's also because a lot of athletes have great intentions, you know. When you hear the stories of athletes, uh, it's not like you know you you hear some negative stories around some business transactions and stuff like that but a lot of times you hear hey you know this person tried to take care of their family too much or they tried to take care of their mm-hmm. friends so it's coming from a good place of intentionality right or good intentions and and now it's like how do you help somebody with good intentions how do you protect them from themselves so to speak um and and so i think that you know what we're trying to do is just provide a, a safe place to have conversation share experiences because a rookie coming into the league shouldn't make the same money mistakes that I made, right? That yeah. That's foolish. I want to see that person flourish. I want to see them do well. I want to see them take that money and reinvest it in their community. And and I think I want the same for, I know I want the same for everyone as an individual um, that's even not an athlete.
0: So you mentioned something a moment ago and I'll have you expand upon it. it is the mindset of, of being prepared For post career and and this obviously, you know, more focused to the athlete uh, of, you know, you have to have that mindset, even as you're having your career develop of what your post career is going to look like. It's a little bit like people talking about what retirement is going to look like for them after, a you know, a 30 or 40 year career, you know, working, whatever they are doing. How much is that an important component of of what you try and bring on on the podcast as well? Thinking about post career.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's extremely important. I think, you know, understanding who you are as an individual and as an athlete and where you are in your career. Uh, none of us are promised a, a certain length of a career, right? An injury could derail that quickly or, you know, the front office not necessarily liking what we do anymore could derail that quickly. Yeah. And I think that, you know, while there's uh, definitely a benefit for the athletes that are like, hey, I'm, I, I am all in on football or I'm all in on tennis, whatever, right? Um, yeah. You know, Those athletes, even those athletes, are still flexing their off the field muscle in different business endeavors. And so I think that what you see now is there are more athletes who are comfortable saying, Hey, I am interested in venture capital. I am interested in real estate. I'm interested in fashion, whatever their passion is. And now what you see is more athletes using their platform that they currently have to start making introductions and start building a network in some of those areas that they're interested in and I think it's extremely strategic I think it's smart I think it needs to be uh, copy and pasted amongst most athletes as well because one of the the common themes that you hear from uh, former players is that when you are no longer actively wearing that badge or that shield of the NFL people don't answer your emails as quickly right like you don't get pushed to the front of the line as quickly and I know that's not to to have the listening audience like oh woe is me no it's, it's understand your platform oh, we all have a platform understand the platform that you have when you have it and figure out how you maximize it to uh create the life you want and to, to continue to to live within your passions
0: let's take some time and talk about the netflix series uh by my house how did this all come about
1: <laughs> yeah man actually they uh the The production company reached out to me, um, and and honestly, you know, we get a, a it sounds weird, but we get a, a few different ideas that that enter into our email inbox throughout the year, and and um, this one, fortunately, you know, was was different. It seemed really, really legit and real, and and it was clearly, um, and so you know, they they reached out, and you know, we made sure that it was a, a a proper fit for what I'm trying to do, and and also for Clearly, what they were looking for from a, a, a show standpoint and, and a chemistry yeah. standpoint with the other cast members, and, and ultimately, um, we were able to create the show by my house, and, and it hit top ten on Netflix. We were extremely excited about it. For those who who uh, are wondering what it's about, it's think of Shark Tank but real estate, and, and people coming up here and, and pitching their homes and why we should purchase their homes, and us trying to get the best valuations for them and the best deals. Um, from an investor standpoint, and so it's a it's a really interesting show. Um, you know, ultimately it was different for me uh, because as an investor, as a real estate investor, I don't want to know the buyer. I don't necessarily I want to know your story, but I don't necessarily want to meet you and and get emotionally tied to you, right? And and you know that's um, strategic to a certain extent. I have a foundation. I, we give away a lot of money uh, throughout the year to kids and people and families in, in need, and and when I have to make sure that I I keep the foundation hat in that bucket. But, you know, this is business radio, right? When we're talking business, you got to put your business hat on and remove the emotions from it. But now, you know, you're faced with the buyers and you're faced with the the reasons why they made certain decisions in certain rooms and stuff like that. And so it it creates a different dichotomy and a competition um, when trying to make. Uh, great real estate investment decisions, and so you know. Fortunately, the feedback has been great. I hope everybody checks it out, and, and shoot, let me know what you think.
0: What What was it that got you interested in real estate in the first place, and and, and what is your kind of bailiwick in, in investing? Where do you lean more towards? Are you are are you more into the commercial side?
1: Yeah, great question. So you would appreciate this. Uh, in 2013, my rookie year, I was day trading options while playing football. Uh, which is foolish. I was I was trying my best, right? And and you know I was practice squad at the time. And long story short, I I, I made a uh, a uh, investment decision trading some call options on Nike uh, around December, and and it was a great call, great decision. Uh, however, a few days later, the entire market was down two percent because of issues that were going on in Greece at the time, and with that triggered in my mind was a realization that I have no control over this, right? Like I can make a, a great, you know, investment decision, obviously with the option you have that expiration on it and things of that nature. Right. So that, that leverage, um, could be difficult to, to manage. However, I have no control over what's going on in Greece. I have no control over yep. whether this company goes up or down the next day. And and it's an educated gamble, right? Um, And so for me, I was like, well, what can I do that gives me more control over the upside? Because I'm comfortable losing. I am comfortable being told no. However, I'd rather lose with me taking my best shot. I'd rather lose money because of me, so to speak. And and so uh, with real estate, it just became attractive to me because if we do lose money on a home, which knock on wood, we don't do that, uh, we i've picked the paint i've picked the carpet i've picked the floors i've designed the kitchen and so um, that took me down a a whirlwind path of you know starting with the single family flips and some rentals now we're building multi-family units and and things of that nature we got a 41 unit a 66 unit a 12 a 16 and an 88 unit all coming online um and then Mm -hmm. now we're like you said getting into the commercial development we got acres down in tampa uh, where we have, you know, McDonald's is a tenant, Amazon's a tenant, Super Target's a tenant. And, and so for me, um, I am more gravitating towards the commercial development space. Um, I'm loving that lane. I'm loving the triple net lease and, you know, 20 year leases and things of that nature. And, and again, for me, you know, everything I do is I'm trying to share it as I go and I share it as I grow, so to speak. And so, you know, what we have tried to do is, is make sure that people understand that I'm not special. I just, I'm a hard worker. I listen. Um, and I've been able to, to align myself with some of the right people. Um, and, and so I want to find ways through different platforms, my class life one-on-one, which we teach at Penn and now we have available online to people is like find ways to show people, Hey, like you can do this thing too. Like I, I'm just a A kid from Baltimore having fun and, uh, you know, trying to make sure everybody understands that I'm not, you know, some some secret genius. Uh, It's just, uh, you know, you can we all can make this life for ourselves just with some strategy um, and some intentionality.
0: So when you're thinking about a property and and maybe I'll I'll stay more on on the housing side of it, what what's what are you looking for? What's that attraction? What's that that hook for you? it could be location obviously it could be the property itself yeah. the potential uh, of building it up what, what what are the components that that really grab your attention the most
1: yeah i think you you hit the nail right on the head one you you always you make your money on the buy you make your money on the purchase right so if i can get a property that i can buy at the right price and the right value right that i understand what, that my te- what my team can do to yeah. uh you know add value to it and we can sell it at a margin that's the number one rule that you're looking for, right? And then for me, yeah. the next impor- most important thing is what you said, location, right? I'm I'm riding through the neighborhood. I'm understanding what projects are, are coming here, you know, two, three years from now. I'm looking through the neighborhood. Do I see other dumpsters and, and driveways in this neighborhood? Yeah. If I see other dumpsters and driveways, that means, hey, there's renovations coming. That might be a comp that I can, can uh, use and I might be able to, Sell my home for more off of that comp, right? There's activity, uh, positive activity going on in this neighborhood, and so those are some of the simple things that I look for, right? And and ultimately, I I found that um, you know you can go for some of the you know the I used to watch you know HGTV and all these shows I still do to a certain extent, but like you know you can go for the eight hundred thousand dollar home, the multi million dollar home, and that's great, but sometimes right that 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 shrinks your buyer pool. Right. And so for me, I also look for properties and I love the first time home buyer uh, market. Right. Like I look for properties where you put it on the market. I want to have multiple offers in 24 to 36 hours. And this is prior. This is our philosophy prior to, you know, this, you know, historic real estate market over the last few years that we've experienced. Right. Um, I look for. I want to make sure that the pr- people moving into the home, they're getting, you know, more value than they bargained yeah. for or than they, they could have ever asked for. Um, but they also are, are proud of what they're they're living in. Right. They're they're happy with the end product. And for me, obviously, my team and I, we, we obviously make the margin and we go take it, reinvest and, and continue to try to replicate and scale and build a system that we can uh, continue to replicate across the country.
0: Well, there's something to be said about that, especially, you know, the first time home buyer market when you're talking about, you know, the build that we've seen, uh, you you know, by uh, home builders over the last several years where there has been quite a bit of multifamily properties being built. And the question is whether or not, you know, are we going to be able to find enough and build enough or uh, (laughs) fix enough single family properties on the lower end? where people, you know, can get in on the ground floor and get that first home for themselves at a reasonable price? That's still a big question in this country right now.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that, um, you know, it's it, honestly it's scary uh, to think about, you know, I, my wife and I, we have a three-year-old and a 10-month-old. And, you know, I talk to her all the time. Like, it's scary to think about, you know, with inflation and, and where the markets are today, but like, what life will look like 20 years from now. Right. Like when they're trying to buy their first home or their first property or how much school tuition, college tuition will will cost. Right. It's scary. And so there obviously there are a lot of unknowns. And um, there's there's definitely companies who are, you know, some trying to take advantage of that, that, you know, we should be, I think, afraid of. Um, And there's some that are trying to take advantage of it in a good way and and help provide housing for people um, that they can still afford. Uh, and, and that's yeah. one of the things, you know, for me and my development company, we we're building affordable housing projects in New, in Newark, New Jersey. Our, our 66 unit is the mayor's legacy project, and it's 100 percent affordable housing in downtown New Jersey. Right. And so, you know, although um, everybody has their different fit and their different niche, um, you know, I think that hopefully, hopefully uh, we can make sure that this world and this country stays affordable for the people that actually make it run.
0: Brandon, as always, great to have you on the show. We'll stay in touch. And more importantly, hopefully we will see you back on the football field before too long. Thank you, sir.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you having me.
0: You got it. Brandon Copeland, uh, NFL linebacker, as we mentioned, the host of the Money Music Culture Podcast on the SiriusXM app. And you can see him on the Netflix series, By My House.